This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we'll be talking about the Texas Rangers. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, joined in the studio today by David Moore. And on the line from Surprise, Arizona, everybody, our one and only Evan Grant. Evan, how are you? I am feeling rested and ready today, guys. How are you? <laughs> rested and ready. You're never rested and ready. You're, you're neither one, actually. Well, he went on an excursion all over the state over the weekend. Yes, so he did, and then and trumped that everywhere and all the lovely took, photos. Yeah, took your and large your lovely wife with you. Yeah, I believe that David made some kind of comment to the effect of if you could have subtracted Evan from the photo, it would have been even better. Well, this is true, but I had to actually prove to some people that I um, did outkick my coverage. Yes, you did. Well, you proved that by now. You don't need to, uh, to yeah, make I was monkey say, marks. Everyone accepts that. that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. No, I, there are plenty of people who still think it's all just uh, there's fake Gina. <laughs> it's fake. Yeah, fake Gina. I like it. All right, Evan, you wrote for today. I believe that was for today. I read it online anyway about Hunter Pence, and I and I I find this a, a fascinating subject. Because, um, first of all, when the Rangers signed him, it was like, okay, kind of a broken-down player, uh, uh, had a bad year last year. Uh, he's a local product. The Rangers missed on him the first time around, should have signed him or should have drafted him in, uh, in the second round and, and uh, instead let him get away. He had a, had a really good career. Um, I, what I'm wondering is how much does he help by keeping him on the team as a fourth outfielder, a guy who's only going to play once or twice a week. Well, I think that's the thing that you're – the question that still kind of remains going into the season is last year Pence did only play against left-handed pitching and was really the first time that, that he was in such a part-time role and he did struggle. Right now he's getting pretty regular at bats. He's always been a good spring training player. But Chris Woodward sees – He's a different swing path, and, and it certainly does seem like the ball is jumping off of his bat. I mean, the home run he hit yesterday uh, on a two-strike pitch was, was absolutely crushed. And uh, the Rangers feel that this swing and the way Hunter has approached it, uh, he may be able to maintain it early in the, in the year in this role. And if he can, he can extend his career. If not, then I think you go back to um, – the drawing board and you will end up with the younger guys that you talked about uh, as possibilities, you know, either I, I think that Carlos Tochi, despite having a really strong spring ends up in the minor leagues to start the year. Um, but he would certainly be an option. He's had a good spring. Um, you could go to a, a second infielder at some point in time, if you needed a bench guy, if Hunter didn't, if Hunter didn't work out, 
Uh, and there's going to be a lot of times this year, I think, where the Rangers are going to need eight relievers. So uh, making the team is, is certainly a victory, but there's we're talking about a guy in which they've, they've invested $2.5 million. It's not a huge investment. If he can pay some dividends for them, great. He's certainly an asset in the clubhouse. He certainly allows for the continuing development of other guys. Uh, but if if it doesn't work out, it's not like you're out a ton of money. Let me ask you this about him. If because he is, and when I was there, he was hitting the ball hard when I was there, and so he he does really look good. And of course, we try not to put too much uh, stock in in spring training performances. But when a guy has come off a bad year and he's a veteran player, uh, you, you want to see something. You want to see that uh, there there might be something left. Is there? Would there be any any minimal trade value in him this spring? Not this spring, and and I I really don't think so. Um, and and he's on a minor league contract. It would be it would be a little bit difficult to execute all of that. Um, but I do think, look, this is a guy who, uh, if he does have some success during the regular season, um, certainly then there might be some minimal trade value for him as a right-handed bench bat for somebody. Uh, looking to win. Uh, he's a guy who we all know has a pedigree of being on winning teams. He's a guy who is committed to winning first. He does really enjoy the game. So, uh, yeah, in a best-case scenario, Hunter Pence comes here, plays in front of the hometown crowd for a while, and if this team doesn't surprise everybody and contend, then maybe you could get, again, the fringiest of prospects. Nobody's going to expect a no. a, a haul for a hundred pounds, but these are the kinds of things that, that you do when you're rebuilding. You know, two and a half million dollars for hundred pence if it turns into a guy that hey buys you some international slot money down the way, or it buys you a fringy prospect down the way. Um, that would be a real win for the Rangers. Is he the is he the most positive surprise or development to this stage of of camp? Spring training. I hate to say this, given that we're more, today's March twelfth and yeah. we're, we're still two weeks away from breaking camp. But there have been a ton of positive surprises, I think, in this camp um, uh, to this point. Uh, first of all, I think it starts, David, with all of the starting pitchers that are coming back from Tommy, Tommy John, John. Yeah. having continued to to progress. There's there's been no injuries there. Um, Edinson Volquez is throwing the ball 97. Shelby Miller was at 94 to 96 yesterday. Um, Drew Smiley has looked effective. Uh, you know, you go to the at-bats by Rugnet Odor um, this spring. They've looked absolutely masterful. Um, he's, he's had a great approach with two strikes last night. Had another two-strike at-bat and kind of slapped the ball the opposite way against uh, against the shift. The day game before, he took three walks. Uh, um, has homered the opposite way on a full count pitch after getting down 0-2. His at-bats have been really, really mature uh, and, and certainly show some, some signs of progress. Uh, we talked about Carlos Tochi very briefly earlier in the segment. This is a guy who was a Rule 5 pick last year and looked like you know he, had, he really had no business being in the major leagues. But he did defend well. He does run pretty well. Um, as the season went on last year, he did actually um, – uh, acquit himself fairly well at the plate when he started to play a little bit more. And this spring, he has hit the ball really hard. He's put on a little bit of weight, um, and, and it hasn't taken anything away from, from his ability to, to run. Um, so that's been a positive. 
Um, the guys that they got for for Jerks and Profar, I don't I don't believe any of those guys will start the season in the big leagues. But the two pitcher, pitchers, Brock Burke and, and Kyle Burge, have both been have both been very promising. And the infielder Eli White, who was you know viewed as something of a throw in, has looked really versatile. He'll start the season in the minor leagues for sure. He may have some challenges hitting wise, but he's looked like a very usable utility player last night. Played center field and played it very well. So. I, and, and I think the biggest thing on top of everything is just the vibe here. I mean, I think Kevin can speak to that too, that it, it's been a, it has been a really positive vibe in this camp. We know a lot of that is always due to the honeymoon period that goes along with, with, with the change in managers. Um, but I, I do think that there is, there is a connection between Chris Woodward and this team. All right, I want to go back really quickly because we want to get a lot of things in here in a short amount of time because Tommy Noel, our producer, is going to run us out of here. Uh, but uh, my my one issue with the Hunter Pence situation, the reason I brought up trading him this spring is that, you know, I, I think he'd, he'd be much more effective in a role where he was playing every day. Uh, and he would right. he'd show himself, and, and, of course, that's just not going to happen. Uh, and, and, the, and then the problem is, and then what do you do with Willie Calhoun? Uh, you 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 push down. It defeats the purpose of what is supposed to be a time when we're trying to find out about younger players, not about guys who are not going to be factors here when the team is ready to be competitive again. So uh, so I, I while I I do like the the idea of Hunter Pence, I like the idea of the right-handed bat, and he certainly seems to still have something. You know, he's a he's a multi-tool player. You know, he can run. He's got some pop. You know, he can do a little bit of everything, and, and for all the reasons you just mentioned, I just I see this as a uh, as a bad fit uh, for for the Rangers at this time. So that's just my comment. I, 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 I disagree on, on this on, on this end, Kevin. Um, I don't see him taking it bats away from Willie Calhoun because Willie wouldn't the bat the bat that Willie will get or would get are going to come against right-handed pitching, yeah. and, and and primarily against right-handed pitching. And Hunter's not going to take those at-bats away. Hunter is primarily a right fielder. Uh, Willie is a left fielder in DH. Um, and I think there is something to be said for the idea of, even though you want these young guys to get as many at-bats as possible from the element of repetitions are good, I think there is something to be said by these veteran presences uh, being around these guys and helping them kind of acclimate to the big leagues and making something positive, even of, of, of days when maybe they both don't play. You know, when Hunter is, is not playing and is next to the bench, next to Willie on the bench and, and can talk to him. Um, I, I think, you know, we tend to look at things in black and white. I know when you were here, you and I talked about the idea of, of how do they get rid of Shin Chu Chu in order to make room for Willie Calhoun and to give him every day at bats. And, and and the flip side of that is, and, and while I agree with you on the, on the completely, uh, all the numerical elements and the philosophy there, you know, I go back to this exchange I watched between Odor and Chu last week and, and how much Ruggie seems to value uh, Chu's input and how much Chu is willing to actually invest in those kinds of things. And I see that even though, you know, it would be ideal if the Rangers could come up with a trade for Chu, if they can't, I see a way that he can help these young guys continue to get better, 
even if it means there are days when they won't have at bats because she will be playing. So it's always a fine line on that. Um, but I do think there are some there are some dividends that in the long run these guys can can pay, even if it means that say Willie Calhoun goes into the season and he's getting sixty at bats as opposed to seventy in the month of April. All right, so let's go back to the the, the pitching that you had talked about, and and uh, you know two years in a row they're they're assembling a a, a rotation on the fly uh, essentially. Um, and going into last year, though, it's a bunch of older guys uh, who are a little worn out. Uh, certainly uh, not guys that like the, us, like us, and not not guys who are at the the, the top of their game. Uh, guys who their fastball is gone, and, uh, and they're just trying to get by on guile, like uh, us, like us. And uh, so the, the the difference this year is that these are young guys that you just mentioned. It. Ed, I didn't. I saw that Edinson was on the the gun one day at ninety six. I didn't realize he got the ninety seven. Uh, this is the thing that was the problem with this staff last year, certainly, was that it couldn't strike anybody out. Uh, Correct. And, and so now now you have guys with that kind of potential. Have you seen those numbers this spring? Have they been – has the strikeout numbers gone up? Uh, the strikeout numbers are uh, – the strikeout numbers for the starters, I believe, are up somewhat. Um and I do believe that what Chris what Chris Woodward has shown these guys is, and again, it's, it's spring training, and the, the sample sizes are very slow, very small. But they they have been extremely effective when getting ahead. And I think one thing that you get into with some of these veterans that we've talked about, like like Miller and Volquez and and, and Smiley, who do have longer track records of success, is they understand the importance of not just throwing strikes, but throwing quality strikes and how to work counts and how to move ahead. And they, and now they, they apparently still have the stuff to go with it. So, uh, yeah, I think that the strikeout numbers um, are up a little bit over where they were at this point last year for whatever that's worth. It's so hard to compare because, the, the starters are pitching more A-game innings right now than they were last year um, pitching on backfield. Uh, but I think what, what you notice is that the stuff is up. And uh, like Lance Lynn the other day, you know, he pitched four innings, didn't walk anybody. Um, I think he had four strikeouts against, uh, against Colorado. Um, they are paying attention to to throwing quality strikes here. So Volquez so, is throwing uh, upper 90s. Lance Lynn throws 95, 96. Um, what, about, what are those other guys? Is Miner doesn't throw that hard, right? Miner's gonna, Miner can touch 95, but he's more going to pitch, you know, 92, 93. And what about um, Smiley? Smiley? Smiley is a left-hander. He's probably going to pitch more in the 92, 93 area. Yeah. But that's, um, but that's up across the board in the rotation from last year. I mean, you got correct. guys like I Bartolo mean, you know, Colon. Throwing, you know, 80, yeah, you, 85. you had Bartolo Colon, you had Doug Pfister, um, you had Paul Hamels, who was struggling with velocity at that point in time. Um, the velocity is definitely up across the board with this rotation. Yeah. Well, Miner is going to be the, the opening day pitcher. One, your thoughts on that. And, and two, when you look back at, at other uh, opening day pitchers in Rangers history, about where, where, where does he rank? I mean, when you look at at opening day pitchers, 
Well, I mean, this is a team that not too long ago trotted out Tanner Shepherds on opening day. Um, yeah, that was a mistake. Uh, <laughs> and um, uh, they, they, they've had some, they've had some, some guys who you wouldn't exactly call consider aces on opening day. Look, I, I, I think Minor, Minor pitched really well last year. Um, uh, in, in his first year back in, in a starting rotation, in some time, uh, I think he's got. Uh, he's the guy who's back. You know, I mean, everybody else is a newcomer. Um, it just all makes sense. And, and, and the most important thing with these guys who are coming back from Tommy John is that you, you're going to have to spread them out throughout the rotation early on because they're only going to be able to go five, maybe six innings if you're lucky. Uh, and so you're going to need to have some relief arms behind them. So if you've got a guy like Miner, who uh, whom you're taking the the um, the philosophical handcuffs off and are going to allow him to pitch deeper into a game, uh, then then that's the your guy that you need to go with on opening day. I, I, I think it's the right call for this team. Whether he's a guy you would consider a true ace, uh, I think we've been through that. There's very few of those in the game. I think he's he, he's this team's opening day pitcher. Uh, and uh, he fits for the team, but I'm not going to sit here and call Mike Miner um, an ace, and I, I, I wouldn't call most of the guys who, who pitched on opening day for the Rangers in the past an ace. No, I remember when Kevin Millwood started Millwood. multiple opening uh, day games, and uh, yeah, he did. Was, he start three opening day games. Millwood? It was at least two. It might have been three. Well, that was a dark era. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's been there's been a lot of uh, of bad ones. Actually, some of the last ones they've had has been probably some of their best. Better, yeah. Cole Hamels and you Darvish. Uh, you know, those are because Cole did start an opening day, didn't he? Cole last year, didn't he? Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So you've had some really, some really, uh, uh, some poor choices there, as you said over the years. Now I want to go over some of Mike Miner's stats. You know, because I, I think his ERA last year, an, an old time stat, was was not that impressive. I think around four one eight, something like that. But his mm-hmm. WHIP was like one one two. Was it not something like that? Uh, I don't have. I don't. I, I'm sorry. I don't have the stats in front of me right now. But uh, and then, well, and know, a further point was that uh, over his last ten starts, I believe it was it was under one. And when you can get a whip under one, you're really doing something. And I'm not. I'm not saying that's something he can do on a, on a prolonged basis. But it was at the end of the year when they were stretching him out a little bit and were allowing him to to uh, to go longer into games and deeper into games. And if that was any indication of what he might be, then that's then that's pretty impressive. Oh, yeah, and I mean, I, I think, you know, Mike also recognized that last year, you know, his strikeout numbers, along with everybody else, were down because he was, um, you know, he had made that transition back to the rotation after being a starter for, for, for some period of time. Um, but he, he's, got, he's got stuff, and he's, he's working, he's worked his way back into being a starter He's an effective pitcher. You know, the batting average was 235 against last year. That's that that's more than acceptable um, in the in the major leagues right now. Look, if if, if you're a 418 ERA guy, you're going to be in the top half of the league at least. You're not you, you're not going to be in the top third, but you'll be in the top half. So, I, I think the guy had a very encouraging first year back in the rotation, and I do think there is more room for uh, for improvement. All right, Evan. I think Tommy's. Are you, are you waving at us, Tommy? Or is it about time? We got a couple of minutes. 
Yeah, you got about five minutes. Oh, five minutes. Holy cow. We can think of all kinds of things. He wasn't waving. It was some other signal. I think he was waving away flies or something. I'm not sure. So, so Evan. Uh, uh, so, Kevin, just to, just to follow up on what you said, in his last eight games from August 1st until the end of the year, um, Miner's whip was 0.94, and he allowed hitters a, a 193 average. But the, I, I, I still think that he looks at the strikeouts per nine at that point. It was, it was 7.7, and I think he'd like, to be, he'd like to be a little bit higher than that. He might not be a strikeout printing guy, but he, can be, he thinks he can be above eight. And, and so, yeah, I mean, as the season went on, he got better. Um, and as they let him throw more pitches, he got a little bit. He got more effective. I think there's, and I think there's, I think with the responsibility now that hey, you're you're our horse. I think that's only going to um, kind of motivate him more. Yeah, because all because in the end, what all this means is that if these guys can have a good first half and the Rangers are not competitive, which I don't expect them to be, uh, although you know the better they pitch, the more competitive they can be. Uh, if multiple uh, starters are, are doing a good job, because I think this will be a pretty good bullpen, um, then there, there are attractive trade targets. Uh, and these are guys, you know, that uh, that have some abilities. They're not worn-out guys who, who don't have anything left and who are just kind of getting by. Uh, these are guys who, as you said, have track records. They have also had Tommy John, most of them. Uh, but uh, if those guys – can show that they're back uh, uh, and and ready to, to perform at, at the levels they have in the past, uh, then uh, then the Rangers have something going on for them. I think that's a little bit of promise anyway. What what, what do you expect the rotation to look like after minor? Well, I, I think you're going to have to go with one of the Tommy John guys in the second spot. Um, just start kind of break things up. So I, I, I'm I'm gonna I guess right now that it would probably be Volquez and then I think you come back with Lance Lynn um, just because he's a guy who's going to be able to go deeper and so then you get another day another day worth of rest before you have to go back to a, a, a Tommy John guy and then I you know you might go you might break it up with a lefty to go Smiley in the four spot and Shelby Miller in the five spot that would just be a, a, a rudimentary guess on my part. So that's why you would have because I would have said Lynn would be the number two, but you're you're saying that. So, I, I think I think yeah. in terms of quality, Lynn is the number two pitcher, and I think as the rotation kind of, you know, once you juggle around some early off days and everything, you, you're one and two technically would be minor Lynn, but I, I do think that that there will be a little bit of juggling at least early on um, to to try and separate those those Tommy John guys as, as they get as they get back into the workload. So I would think, as you were saying, the things that were positives about this season or this spring uh, is that, um, you know, this was the rotation they were hoping to go with, and so far it looks like the rotation they're going to go with. And, and how many times do you, can you say that uh, about, this, about the Rangers, that, uh, that, the, that the, the rotation they started out the spring still looks like it's the rotation they may go into the season with? Yeah, I mean, the, 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 that's been the biggest positive out of camp is that there's – they haven't had to start making any kind of um, uh, contingency plans yet. And, you know, if they do start to get into those contingencies, then they've, they've got issues. Uh, Jason Hamill is here on a minor league deal. Um, he's a sur- He's been a serviceable big league pitcher. He would probably be your first line of defense. But uh, if, if you go, if, if you, if you get past that, 
then you're getting back into guys like Johander Mendez and, and Ariel Hirado who might not ever be ready for the big leagues, but probably aren't ready right now. And those are the guys that, that you want to be able to send to AAA Nashville and have them continuing to kind of to refine themselves and building some insulation for what I think is going to be a really nice rotation at, at Frisco. Did you, uh, how much did you get to see Taylor Hearn pitch? I, uh, not very much, not very much because of my multiple spring training vacation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you had Tim Callishaw out there in charge and he Doing was a notebook. Com- he was completely lost, had no idea what he was doing. Wand- my, my information was he was wandering around asking people what to do. What do I do now? I'm lost. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That, that was the, that was the quote I got. Jim handled everything with complete um, a plum. <laughs> he had a plum. No, that's not. <laughs> he had he had zero issues. As, as a matter of fact, I oh, think Tim has a lot of issues. Yeah. I think. <laughs> I I think the uh, the mode of operation going forward is going to be we're going to ask columnists to do lots more notebooks. Uh, listen, I'm all for it, man. I love oh, you're all for it. I yeah. love doing notebooks. <laughs> I love doing oh notebooks, but the gosh. more I can do, the better. Let's point out that Tim covered the San Francisco Giants. So, uh, and, and when he had a little, uh, he had a little brain freeze, and he, he left the Dallas Morning News to go to San Jose uh, for a brief he, period. He covered the Giants thirty years ago. He mentioned that about thirty times. <laughs> <laughs> and this seemed to be a recurring yeah, theme in we his were, coverage. Yeah, we were together. I, I think he was expecting um, some kind of. Uh, some kind of plaque on Sunday when he went over to Scottsdale uh, commemorating <laughs> that 30th anniversary. Uh, I think he covered Will Clark, as a matter of fact, out there with those. And Will, I, I believe he did see Will Clark, and Will said, "Yeah, I remember who you are." <laughs> yeah, I know exactly who you are. Although yeah. we, Tim did spot when we were in uh, when we were at uh, Talking Stick the other day, Tim did spot a, a large man in a Rangers jersey, and uh, it happened to be Rex Ryan. And, oh my uh, gosh. He went up and chatted Rex Ryan, who is a neighbor of Lance Lynn's in uh, in Tennessee. So he had come down to, to watch Lance pitch. And then apparently the next day his brother Rob joined him. Um, and so both the Ryan boys were on the concourse in surprise. Oh, my gosh. Um, I just wanted to ask Rex Ryan if he and Lance Lynn were going to go get some snacks. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah, you know what? I, here's the thing. So when I come, I got to go to, to – to, spring training dumps and meanwhile tim gets to go to talking stick you know the jewel of, of arizona's ballparks and he had to do notes yeah well he had to do notes i would have done notes to balance it out if i could have gone there you know meanwhile i'm just going to the to the, the worst places but anyway that's okay i don't i don't i'm not complaining just glad to be the oh you're not complaining you're not one to complain. No, never, never, never. As long as I'm employed, I'm not complaining. All right, Evan. What, what dump? Wait a minute. What dump did you end up in? Uh, well, you know, let's see. Uh, where was it? You know, besides surprise is what you're saying. No, I like surprise. All right, you know, Angels, Peoria. That's that's no good. You know, that that's not the Angels are in the heart of Tempe. It's like Arizona State Country. You could have gone and partied on the on the strip with all the college kids. Here's here's the great thing about going to the Angels, watching the cars zoom past on the freeway out there. That's that's always a lovely (laughs) backdrop to a ball game. Oh my gosh. That says America to me. Yeah, It spells America. 
All right, Evan, we're going to have to let you go. We appreciate you taking the time. Go back to sleep. Have a good time. See Put if you can your get, mask back on. Yeah, see if you can get somebody else to do your notes for you today. Uh, at any rate, it's always been a pleasure to talk to you. Well, your voice just trailed off there. That was... <laughs> Okay, good people. Um, enjoy yourself. Gosh. All right. You too. There you go. Guess. All right. <laughs> Bye, Evan. There goes Evan Grant, everybody, uh, who's uh, who's really going to bear up under the strain of these multiple vacations <laughs> he's taken this spring. I think he took like three vacations uh, this spring. Uh, meanwhile, you know, Jerry Fraley's covering baseball and, and racing and, you know, the stars, Mavericks, the Mavericks. He's <laughs> covering everything. And, uh, and Evan's uh, on vacation with Gina. So, anyway, uh, that was our Rangers podcast. Uh, we had a uh, Cowboys slash Earl Thomas podcast, uh, in which I thought was very enlightening. And then we also talked to Brad Townsend about the Mavericks, which was not so enlightening. Not, no. Not a big but then deal. we talked about Kevin Durant after that, after we dumped Brad. <laughs> after so. we got Brad to hang up. So, and for everybody in here, including our, our fine producer, Tommy Noel, who just found out that Slidell won the state championship, by the way. Ouch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for shoving me under the bus. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.